Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Clankers podcast. As always, today I've got Mr. Matt here with me. Matt, say Hello. hi to the people. Or Say hi. Say hi, Matt. Hello. There it's me, Matt, back again, <laughs> as usual. It is Christmas Eve 2019. Well, it's almost Christmas. By the, finish, by the time we finish recording this uh, podcast, it'll be Christmas. Yeah. Where I am much. in the world, it's about to be Christmas in 15 minutes. Uh, where I am in the world, it'll be Christmas in an hour and 15 minutes. Not too far away. All no. right. Matt, how's life going on for you right now? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, family's visiting and all that stuff. So uh, we had a big joint Christmas with uh, myself and my siblings who don't live at home anymore. Nice. Uh, so that was nice. And uh, my brother and his daughter have to catch a morning plane tomorrow, Christmas Day. So Ooh. we did our whole Christmas tonight. Uh, so yeah, I got uh, some cool stuff from my folks. Very happy. Some nice jackets and uh, some flannel slippers. Can't complain about that. Nice. Everything's kosher when you're wearing flannel, man. Exactly. Flannel is like my go-to. If it's hot outside, wear a light flannel. If it's cold outside, wear a heavy flannel. Man, there's no excuse to not wear a flannel. Pretty much. Like... If I die, just show up to my funeral in a flannel. I honestly wouldn't care. I'm maybe dead. I'll have, maybe I'll uh, have a flannel wedding. A flannel I'll wedding? Make my suit, make, or I'll, I'll make my suit black with a flannel tie. Or no, no, no. I'll make my suit flannel with a black tie, and then you'll be my uh, my best man, so you can wear a, a, a black suit with a flannel tie, and we'll just do an opposites thing. Jesus Christ. All there right. There we go. <laughs> I guess that'll work. I guess that'll work. Uh, man, my life's going pretty good here. Living the dream, you know. My cat's doing good. Tiny's doing all right. She, Tiny's uh, doing just fine. She decided that it's a good idea to start drinking out of my water cups, which I guess is, I mean, good for her because she's getting hydrated, but not good for me because I don't man, want my would... cat sticking her face inside my cup of water. And that would literally <laughs> kill me. Yeah. <laughs> as someone allergic to cats yeah that would probably kill you it's just annoying to me i was i was sitting there playing modern warfare and i looked over and she's like sniffing my glass she was sitting on the coffee table which i i don't mind i mean it's not really a place where i prepare food so i i don't care but i had my glass of water sitting there and i look over and she's sniffing it go back to the game look over again and she has her head stuck in the water and she's trying to lap up the water at the very bottom of the cup the cup was like almost completely empty it was probably like two <laughs> drinks left at the very bottom she decided that she wanted to stick her skull in there and try to get the last of the water out i mean i guess maybe she thinks my water tastes better or something but me and her literally drink the same water out of the exact same faucet <laughs> it it, it, it kind of pissed me off a little bit but i had to laugh because i thought maybe she thought she was one of the humans <laughs> a cat oh. doesn't put itself below its owners as far as uh authority goes true true cats really their cats are a liquid themselves so they can do basically whatever they want to conform to the container around them <laughs> pretty much uh oh man i gotta tell you uh so there's that old uh tv show lost in space you know it's like danger will robinson danger you know with the freaky yeah. little dalek looking robot yeah. well um netflix has a remake that they've been doing of it and it's just mm -hmm. called Lost in Space. Same exact concept as the uh, as the original TV show. Pretty close. I never really saw the original, but 
it's pretty good instead of a little robot that kind of like wheels around and it's kind of like inert it's this giant like eight foot tall master chief looking robot who can who's like super strength and shit like that he can basically fuck up everyone's lives if he wanted to but his like programming has been like rebooted or reset in a in a crash landing from his plane and so he thinks that his sole purpose in life is to protect this little kid i it it seems like a weird concept but man oh it's a good show man i don't know what it it is about netflix but they just go all out on their special effects that's true they don't really um they don't really uh what's the word i'm looking for skimp Uh, skimp out yeah they don't they don't skimp out on special effects exactly man they don't skimp it's it's weird because it's about like them being lost and they get to like all these different quirky weird planets and stuff but it's so cool man it's so cool i I would recommend it although the problem is each season they just dropped season two and you know how netflix drops you know every single episode all at once for the entire season right so uh they just dropped season two season one had uh, i think 10 11 episodes in it i think it was like 10 episodes but each episode is over an hour long and season two is the same way. So if you want to like binge watch the shows, you or the entire show, you need like two whole days of watching if you add sleep breaks in there because it's twenty hours of film to get through. But such a such a high quality show as it is. Anyway, but yeah, that and uh, that and me and the wife, we've been watching through the Christmas episodes of The Office, just trying That's to get ourselves good to do into the around holiday the holidays. Spirit. Yeah, yeah, of course. I love it. Uh, maybe next year we'll watch all the Christmas episodes of that '70s show. I always like to watch. We'll um, I like to watch all the Christmas episodes of How I Met Your Mother. That's what I was about to say, man. Watch all the yeah. Christmas episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, good, good show, good show. Very sure. influential in my past. I love. Um, I love watching the Futurama Christmas specials. Those. Those are good too. Yeah. <laughs> Like, people talk about the Simpsons Christmas episodes and how good they are, but, man, there's, like, what, like, almost 30 of them now? Oh, well, yeah. That's a lot to By watch. By now, yeah. Yeah. Nah, you gotta, you gotta do Futurama Christmas episodes. So good. Oh, well, man, uh, I gotta okay. tell you. All right, so... I got a story. I got a story. Right, go All right. hit it, hit it, hit it. All right. So I'm at my ranch, like mm-hmm. you do. As one and, does uh, in Texas. As, as one does in Texas. And, uh, I'm just, I just happened to be out there at the day. It's my, for the day, it's my grandparents' property, right? And so I just wanted to go say hi. And, uh, they weren't home for whatever reason. Couldn't get them on the phone. So I'm like, all right, well, I came out here to say hi to my grandparents, but it's a 40 minute drive back to my place. So I didn't come out here for nothing. I'm going to do something. So I go out through the pasture and I drive around the whole pasture, uh, see the cows, the goats, the donkeys, whatever, uh, make sure everything's doing good. And there is this calf stuck in a hog trap. Oh. It's this massive hog trap to where, like, a whole family of hogs could walk in there and try to get the food. And then the door only opens one way. So when they walk in there, they're stuck. And I'm driving through this pasture. And uh, the calf is stuck in there. And it's walked into this cage. I don't even know how the door shut behind it. But it takes up the entire cage. (laughs) So uh, I get out of my car, 
and I'm standing there trying to figure out what to do, and I end up getting this paracord, actually the very same paracord I used to tie cans to the back of your car after your wedding, Spencer. <laughs> um, nice, nice. And I shove the calf into the, the back end of the cage, um, and then I had to tie uh, the three sections of this little gate open, and then from there, cows... Okay, so if you don't know, cows don't know how to walk backwards. No. They were not blessed with that ability. They're so... Just... They're, they're stupid, yeah. <laughs> right. And so he was facing the opposite direction of the gate of this cage. So what I had to do was get the paracord, tie it around the cow's neck, and just pull it backwards, and it kind of just stumbled out of the cage. <laughs> and uh, I got to say, I really, I felt like a cowboy. I felt proud. I felt good. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Cows can't walk backwards? Cows cannot walk backwards. That is weird, man. Yep. Although I have not spent that much time around cows, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. Like I've seen the rodeo and everything, but I, I gotta admit I've never seen a cow walk backwards. That's actually that. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. With how their how their legs work and and whatnot. When when you think about it, it makes sense. It's just the kind of thing that you would never think about it unless you were in a situation where you had to get a cow to walk backwards. Oh yeah. Which admittedly does not happen very often. No. I do not remember the last time I needed to get a cow to walk backwards. Exactly. Or although I do remember the time when we were uh, when we were herding cows with my Subaru Forester out on the same ranch. <laughs> that <laughs> was a fun, cow man. With a Subaru. That was hey, very fun. That was perfect for that car. We, That's what it was we built might to do. Have punched a hole in your radiator, but I think it was worth it. At the I, end of the day, we had a good time. We hit that jump a little bit too hard, and uh, yeah, coming down, I think it uh, it it didn't punch a hole in the radiator. It separated the seam on the top of the That's radiator. That's right. That's right. No bueno. No, no bueno, bueno at all. <laughs> I I felt like it was the it, it reminded me of the scene out of Red Dawn, the original, where they take like a couple bullets to the radiator of the truck and they patch the radiator, but then they're like, well, how do we fill it back up? We don't have any water. Oh, and one kid's like, how about we piss in it? And then, you know, the main protagonist, <laughs> old guy, is like, oh, that's a good idea, kind of like in a sarcastic voice. And the kid's like, what? I think it is a good idea. He's like, well, get up there. Start pissing. <laughs> it, it was good. It was good. And we filled it up with river water. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we ran river water through your purifier because we were camping. And then we yeah. used that to fill the radiator. And then we had to purify a whole nother jug of water because every, like... I don't know, six miles we traveled down the road, we would have to stop for your engine overheated. Yeah, stop and wait. That was like a two and a half hour drive on what would normally be like a 35, <laughs> 40 minute drive. Yeah, no, that was Probably. fun. That was awful. That It, it was fun, but my, my poor car, I could feel it just sh- like slowly dissolving from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, 2010s are coming to a close, my friend. 2010. Yes, yes. If you're listening, we are going to talk about the Rise of Skywalker because both me and Matt have seen that now, and we're we're yeah. ready to talk about it. But uh, before we get there, the 2010s are coming to a close. Everyone's getting all like nostalgic, acting like things that happened in the 2010s won't still be special in the year 2020. It, it it's still going to hold the same special value. Everybody but, you know. still loves Kesha, just like we did in 2011. Don't worry. Don't worry. I still love Kesha. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mick Jagger is still still kicking it like he does. Yep. That brings me to another point. All right. So all these uh all these uh new young rappers like 
19, 20 years old, they're dying off. They're overdosing, you know? Yeah. They're, they're, they're overdosing. They're dying they're before they shot. even hit the age 30. They're, you know, taking like, you know, shout out to Juice World here, taking like 20 Percocets and then, you know, having a seizure. Cause <laughs> Don't thought the touch FBI my was Percocets. <laughs> Get the fucking Percocets. <laughs> oh, yeah, from the movie Coon. Yeah. Rule number one, don't touch my fucking Percocets. Rule two, do you, do you have, have any Percocets? Any Percocets? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good-ass movie. But, all right, off track. These uh, these rappers, they're dying at, before the age of 30, right? Right. It's supposedly a big, sad thing when each of these, you know, mumble rappers die. I, I never really cared for Juice World, so it doesn't... Neither did I. Not really skin off my back. But we get these guys dying at age, like, 20, but we got rock stars who did way harder stuff than Percocets who are still kicking it and they're in their like they're like 75 80 now oh like, yeah look at ozzy osbourne he's still kicking it and that man has taken probably more heroin than ever existed in the entire 1980 to 1989 <laughs> <laughs> i mean come on i i don't know new rappers are taking the wrong kind of drugs now that's that's what i feel like is happening they're taking they're... the drugs that don't get you as high but they kill you faster there are like those, the, uh, there's like those shooting up people cement. out there saying, right, like, drugs are so much stronger now than they used to be. And it's like, there <laughs> are stronger drugs now than there used to be, but not all drugs now are just inherently stronger. It's mm-hmm. just these guys with millions of dollars don't think about how to spend it because they're only 20 years old, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so they just do the first thing that comes to their brain, which is take hard drugs from the same dealer before I was rich. Yeah, but just take a whole lot more. Because now he can <laughs> afford more. Yeah, now I, now instead of taking one Percocet every week, I can take, you know, 50 in, in a day right before my flight lands and then overdose and have a seizure because my body can't, you know, cycle yeah, through that much fucking Percocet. because your body can't cycle Percocet. 50 Percocets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, the FBI is going to raid our plane. <laughs> 20 Percocets down the hatch. <laughs> oh, my God. I if if you like Juice World, hey, good for you. But it, it's hard not to laugh at a guy for overdosing because he got paranoid and took twenty Percocets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I'm a bad person, but that's kind of funny to me. All right, favorite meme of the 2010s. Favorite meme, go. Doge. Doge. And I know, and I know a lot of people are gonna say, "Wow, that was really played out and not very funny to begin with." But I'll tell you what, if you're not on Reddit, get on Reddit just to follow this one sub. I'm telling you right now, it's r backslash doge lore, and it's half the reason that I open my phone anymore. And it's, uh, there's 116,000 members on this subreddit, and they post these, like, really crappy photo edits, um, but it's all in a continuing timeline that follows the, the never-ending story of Doge and the other associated characters uh <laughs> top top one on the feed right now um let's see it's a meme about uh, the christmas truce in world war one <laughs> oh and that's it's, and it's doge <sighs> characters wearing world war one german and british helmets I love and it. i gotta say it if sounds that amazing. doesn't appeal to you i don't know what kind of comedy will Exactly. We can't be friends if that doesn't appeal to you. <laughs> um, I think my uh, favorite meme of the 2010, what would that be, a decade? Yeah. yeah. A decade? Uh, it would have to be Pepe the Frog. 
Pepe. Pepe the Frog. And all of Pepe the Frog's associated characters. Of course. My favorite one, I know this might be offensive, but Helper is one of my favorite <laughs> Pepes. Just because of how neurotic some of the memes are and just weird, straight out of left field. And Pepe was one of the first um, internet currencies worth more than the United States uh, Treasury dollar, the, the U.S. dollar. One Pepe was worth more than one dollar at one point because they would do a Pepe trading where you could trade rare uh, pictures of different Pepes, either that you made or that you found or anything. And the more rare is the, you know, more rare, the more expensive it yeah, was. just one like went a trading for like, card. One went for like $20,000 or something crazy like that. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. More than a car. I, if you're selling a picture for more than a car, then at that point, that is that is, that needs to go in a museum. That's that's just art. That's just a piece of beautiful artwork. But yeah, Pepe the Frog all the way. Um, <laughs> all the way. So uh, let's talk about white power. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, during the Army-Navy Bowl that happened a couple weeks ago, I was actually uh, getting drunk at a Buffalo Wild Wings when it was happening. But uh, As one does. But uh, during the Army-Navy Bowl, there was an Army officer cadet. So these are guys who are trying to, you know, get their, their officership, get their commission into the United States Army. So they can be, sure. you know, nice shiny second lieutenants. Well, uh, one cadet flashed the, you know, the gotcha, the okay gotcha sign. Yeah. Right. And then the media exploded. Exploded right. everywhere. It white power, exploded white power. like a, a Yeah, they thought he's doing the white power sign. He I everyone's getting offended about it, but like <laughs> all the people that I had talked to about it, they're like, What what does that mean? What how is it a white power sign? And I was like, It's the W and the P, it's that that's what they think it's supposed to be. And people that I talked to they're like, I just thought you were supposed to get punched in the arm whenever you Whenever you got someone with it, right? And I was like, "That's what I thought too." Since I thought that he was happened, just getting everyone who was watching. Since that happened, I've actually heard quite a few people talk about that hand sign, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I've talked to some people. Um, my uh, my adopted brother, um, he's got a Hispanic girl. She's like part Hispanic, part Asian, right? Oh yeah, I know her. And uh, yeah, Madison. Um, yeah. I and spent then, like uh, every single day with her during the school years from age right. 12 to well, 18. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my other buddy lives out in California. He's dating a, a Latina. And um, apparently their parents got onto them about that. Like, don't make that hand sign. Like, it means white <laughs> power. But every single, like, I'll say Caucasian person I've talked to, right? Uh, has like had no idea that that was even a thing. I f- I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's uh s- some of these things are like the people that do it are completely unaware and it's made into a stipulation by the people who claim to be offended by it or who are offended by it. Yeah. Um, because like I don't know like there could be a uh, a hand sign that's very offensive to um. I don't know, white people, <laughs> that no such thing exists because those kind no. of things don't really happen. No. But if that <laughs> happened, I, I would be like, dang, like, I wish people would uh, get off that, right? 
but probably the the guy who's doing it to me probably just thinks it's a thumbs up, mm-hmm. you know, because he doesn't care because it doesn't it's not insulting him. Why would he have heard about it, right? Yeah. So, I think that's that's the tricky thing about uh, when the media likes to get really heated about some guy doing a, a what is actually a scuba signal that's yeah. been turned into a meme by millennials. Yeah. Everybody's like, he's a racist. <laughs> he and must be a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got him. Nazi. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. The same thing happened with uh, Pepe the Frog. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thought he was a, a what, what do they think he was? Um, A hate sign or yeah. some, or uh, a hate, a hate crime or a racist meme or something about it. But uh, yeah, it was because uh, Trump posted a custom Pepe meme on his Twitter. Whoa, what was that? Oh, I just heard you like blow against the mic. Oh, but uh, Trump yeah, posted a, a Pepe meme on his Twitter. And so once Trump posted a Pepe meme, it just automatically became a, a offensive white power thing. And I was like, it's a Pepe meme. Have you not seen a Pepe <laughs> meme before? These have been it's, around since like 2012. It's just a cartoon <laughs> frog. Yeah, it's cartoon frog, and, and the entire story behind it is pretty crazy because it's just from this comic, and that Pepe face is a character. It's a stoner dude who like his friend walks in on him using the bathroom, taking a piss, and the dude like turns around. Pepe turns around, gives him that face, you know that classic Pepe face. Yeah, and he says, "Feels good, man." <laughs> when the guy asks him why he's peeing with his pants pulled all the way to the ground, <laughs> toddler style. <laughs> It, it's got the stupidest origin story about a stoner frog peeing with his pants down. Yeah. Oh, man. But, oh, yeah. Pepe, easily my 2010s meme of the year. Mostly because of the uh, the story behind it and because of... Uh, just because of how many rare Pepes there are out there. I love rare Pepes. Sure. Rare Pepes are the best. Oh, all right. We got to get into the meat. We got to get into the meat. You saw... Rise of Skywalker. When when did you see it? Let's see. Today is Tuesday. Oh, uh, Merry Christmas in your time zone, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Five minutes yeah. in. Uh, I'm still 55 minutes away from Christmas, but... Almost there. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah. I saw it uh, two days ago. Nice. I saw uh, it um, yesterday. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Still fresh in the brain, then. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I've been reading up on it, catching every single Easter egg that I can. I've been trying to get every single little uh, little detail out of it that I can. Yeah. I've been doing my research. Don't worry. All right. So first thing I want to say is uh, this was the first appearance of a Clone Wars exclusive character in a main series film. Did you catch that? With uh, Ahsoka's voice? Ahsoka's voice, dude. Yeah, yeah. That was actually my like, if not my favorite part of the movie, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Because personally, I was never a huge fan of Ahsoka Tano. I feel like it's kind of the same reason people don't like Korra from the mm. Avatar verse. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that we got her voice in Ray's sort of Force vision, uh, not not only did it totally catch me off guard, but it really made me smile to see that uh, the guys working on these main series movies still have like some of that clone wars in their heart like all the rest oh, of us yeah. do. Oh yeah, they 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 know 
the story. It's it's not like they're just making up their own film as they go along, kind of like M Night Shyamalan's Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, we won't we won't get into that right now. Don't worry. We won't get into that. <laughs> no, that's a hot topic. But uh, yeah, I loved uh, I loved when you know all the spoiler alert. Okay, big spoil. If you haven't seen the movie, go see the movie, then come back and listen to the podcast or listen to the first oh, yeah. podcast where we yep. make our predictions. I just realized we should probably put spoiler alert in the title. Probably, but yeah, yeah. we should probably do that. <laughs> if you're listening to this, spoiler alert, click away now, you know, do whatever you want. If you want to listen to it, go ahead and go see the movie. That way you know what you're looking for. I don't, I don't care. I, I say listen to the podcast anyways. But, so, Ahsoka's voice comes in. You also hear uh, Mace Windu's voice and uh Right. We get Maz. both Obi-Wans. Yeah, both Obi-Wans. You hear mm-hmm. uh, Ewan McGregor and... And Sir, Sir Alec Guinness. Sir Alec, yeah, I thought I thought he was in there. Yeah. Um, you hear Maz, right? Is that her mm-hmm. name? Maz Kanata. Yeah, Maz Kanata. You hear her voice. You hear uh, Luke's voice. You hear Yoda's voice. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just Qui Gon was in there. Qui Gon and Anakin, of course. And Anakin, Hayden Christensen's oh, Anakin. So good, man. So good. But yeah, um, I really, really love that part that they went back to those original characters, literally from every single movie and tv show and they just put all of them in there so they hit they hit phantom menace with qui-gon jinn they hit uh, attack of the clones and revenge of the sith with uh young obi-wan with ewan mcgregor and uh anakin mm-hmm. they hit uh they hit a new hope obviously because of luke obviously. and sir alec guinness yep. and they hit five because the empire because of yoda and they hit six because of you know yoda and luke so they hit yep. everyone all the way through they yep. hit the Clone Wars because they had Ahsoka Tano in there, and they hit Rebels because they also had Ahsoka Tano and Rebels. Sure. So they managed to hit every single film or you know major TV show that they had out just in that little, what was that, like five seconds? Yeah, but no, like, it was, was going to be like 20 seconds of her just staring up at the sky hearing voices. Oh, but yeah, dude, that entire time when those voices were coming through... My heart and soul was just at like a peak level of happiness because I was like, "Oh my god, this is just phenomenal!" It, it absolutely that was a sick part. Um, I want to touch on another piece that I thought was absolutely amazing when um when there was the uh, the flashback of Luke and Leia doing oh, their yes their, doing uh, their Jedi training. training. I think they were on uh, they're on the forest moon of Endor. It looked I'm pretty like sure. It. It looked like it to me. It would make sense if they were there, you know. Yeah, somewhere full of life like that. And they were already there, and you know, at at the end of 6, so it makes sense. But, yeah, just so, 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 so good. Because I thought, surely there's no way they would have young Luke and young Leia. I thought, you know, they had, like, the blast shields over their face. I thought that was just going to be the end of it. But, no, when they pull up the blast shields, and it's that... I know it was CGI, because I know they probably didn't have that good of quality, you know, video of that from sure. from when they shot that originally, but such good CGI, you could definitely tell it was young Luke, it had all the features of Luke, but like two or three years after episode six. Yeah. And, and then when Leia pulled back her blast shield too, I was like, wow, just, just phenomenal, man, just phenomenal. It, it gave me so much... It gave me like this twinge of just perfect nostalgia back to when I read the, um, I can't remember what the series of books was called, but it was a Legends book and it was about uh, Han and uh, 
Leia's uh, twin sister, uh, twin daughter and son that they had. They didn't yeah. include any uh, any sister of this or any uh, daughter of the Solos. It was just Ben. But the, just ben. the kid's name was Ben in the mm-hmm. mo- in the books. And it brought back this wave of nostalgia of like all these like you know paragraphs and pages and books of their training and the the training that Luke and Leia helped teach into the new age of Jedi. You know what it really reminded me Phenomenal. of? Phenomenal. What did it remind you of? Uh, so the first Force Unleashed game, uh, there was a DLC for that. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but essentially it's an alternate timeline where at the end of the first game, Starkiller kills Darth Vader and takes his place as like Palpatine's enforcer, right? Mm. Yeah. And so there were these uh, these three DLC missions. And the first one was just kind of lame. Uh, you go to like this random part of Tatooine. Uh, you kind of just mess around and fight some uh, fight some Gamorreans, whatever. It was fun. The second mission, you go to Hoth during the Battle of Hoth. Because if you'll remember, Vader was there. Um, oh, yeah, he was on the ground. Yeah, he was on the ground. He was there, except he didn't really do much. You know, no. he didn't. He just kind of took his sweet time and gave them enough time to get away. But in this mission in Force Unleashed, you, like, sprint after uh, Luke and Han and all them, and you chase down the Millennium Falcon into its hangar, um, mm-hmm. and then you actually fight Luke and kill him Oh, in this DLC mission, which I thought was crazy, right? Yeah. And so then... Um, it's like, wow, Like, what does that mean for the Rebellion, right? Because Luke was responsible for a lot of the major victories during that war. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the third DLC mission, you go to Endor during the Battle of Endor. And they reveal that after Luke's death, Leia goes to Yoda to receive Jedi training. And so oh. uh, in this DLC mission, you fight Jedi Leia, and she actually has, like, her lightsaber and all of her Force abilities, right? Oh, that's um, sick. Yeah, it was super fun uh, because you are playing as the uh, the protagonist of the series, Force Unleashed. Obviously, you end up killing Jedi Leia. You know, it's just how it had to go down to make the game enjoyable. It happens. But uh, to make the fight rewarding, as mm-hmm. it were. Uh However, I gotta say, it's one of my favorite little uh, nods to the um, extended universe that they've that they've done so far. Oh uh, yeah! In Rise of Skywalker, showing off Leia's Jedi training, and uh, because in Last Jedi, when she like got shot out of the bridge and she just kind of floated back into the the airlock, I felt like yeah. kind of an ass pull. You know, it's like okay, so now Leia can use the Force. I guess. I mean, mm. we knew she was Force-sensitive, but what the hell. Um, yeah. <laughs> we didn't but, know that she was that, that good. Yeah, but then getting to see that Luke made an effort to make Leia a proper Jedi. Oh, yeah. It really, uh, to quote Thanos, put a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Man. was Thanos, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Thanos. This really does put a smile on my face. Yeah, that was that was. That's nice. it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, I'm so so happy with the way that they ended the saga. I know a lot of people are upset. Everyone's always going to be upset about how they end a the series. They sure. everyone was upset with Endgame. Or there's no way to please everyone. 
No, there, it's always just a, a small majority of fans who scream the loudest, are like, "Oh, I hated this shit." Yeah, the angriest people scream the loudest. Yeah, and the happy people don't say anything because they're happy with it. Yeah, exactly. And so like, oh, all we hear is the people who complain. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone who didn't like it, they they go on they go on Reddit and they're you know they start typing it up. They're like, I don't know why they didn't use the the fan fiction that I sent in as the background of the story. I could have done way better. My story. Was, uh, <laughs> all, I I can't believe they didn't use the fan fiction that I wrote six months ago after they started filming the movie. Is like, <laughs> I know yeah. they already wrote the script, but come on. <laughs> no. Oh, they, but yeah. yeah. I thought it was a good way to end it. Um, my prediction, by the way, was correct with yeah, Clone with Snoke. Snoke. Yeah, Snoke was in fact a test tube baby. Mm-hmm. You definitely called that one. If you go back, you listen to our uh, episode one. Spencer had that one. Oh he yeah, called it. I I I straight up called it because I knew there had to be something done with. Uh, you remember in a uh, in Revenge of the Sith, of course the. You know, when Palpatine's telling Anakin about the story of Doth Plagueis the Wise. He right. tells him about how he could even create life. And so that's always been stuck in my head. Like, oh, he can make people. Like, he can make, just straight up make people. And yeah. I was correct about clone test tube baby Snoke. And I was also correct about uh, how Snoke was just a husk. And that it was Palpatine the whole time pulling the strings. Because... Yeah. All of the way that uh, all the ways that Snoke talked, his like innuendos, how he put things, how he could like convince people to try to convince people to do things, that was straight up Palpatine playbook the whole time. Like <laughs> for sure, it it was hard not to be able to see that. Um, I remember, uh, I don't think we covered this in the last podcast, but a, a while back I told you that I thought that Ray might be uh, Palpatine's either daughter or clone or force yeah, you, baby no I, you I, said that like months ago and i was like i don't know about that one chief that seems a little that seems like you're stretching it there it, uh, but, but now it makes sense yeah it well obviously because they you know said that she is a palpatine but it also makes sense how she's so just damn powerful with the force just straight out of the box yeah. with barely any training because she has all this power that Palpatine has. It's all in her bloodline. So it makes sense. It's, oh, it's so cool. Oh, man. The classic unlimited power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. When, uh, man, that, it sent shivers down my neck when Palpatine shot the lightning straight up into the air and hit all the ships with lightning. Oh, man. I was like, it, it, it gave me goosebumps when I saw that. Because it was obviously during a Sith ritual. He had all all that unlimited power flowing through yeah. him, you know. <laughs> he had just been healed and he basically sucked the souls out of Rey and Kylo. So he just had all that all that power in him. That was that was really cool. And man, I loved I absolutely loved the part where once he took the essence of the force out of Rey and Kylo and he was like pulling it out of him, you see his skin slowly like age in reverse. Yeah, and then his eyes start to light up orange again. Yeah, his eyes went from just slated over, you know, cataracts white and cloudy to like that classic yellow shine of Palpatine's eyes that you remember from episode six. It was, oh, it was so good. I, I 
Didn't like seeing his fingers grow back. That was oh, that was a little bit disturbing to me. I don't know what it is. I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool. It, it was really cool, but I it sent a little bit of a gurgling down into my stomach. Maybe that's because I was on my third icy at the time. <laughs> that's possible. That's very yeah. possible. Yeah, I saw it in AMC theaters, which a- AMC theaters and you know pretty good, but it was uh, one of the theaters where they have uh, the icy machine out in the lobby, and you can fill up fill up yourself. Yeah. And I saw that, and I was like, oh, I know oh, I'm going to get an upset stomach oh. from this, but it's going to be so good. <laughs> Time so I to specifically get got a large icy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I specifically got a large icy just for the fact that I, I knew that the wife would want some, and I also knew that I would have to get some refills throughout the film. Of course. Of and course. so I'd wait for like something big to happen, then I'd be like, okay, I can go now. <laughs> yeah. I, I can sprint out of here and go, go fill up my icy again. But, man, I, I was right about the test tube Snoke. You were. And man. I And uh, Infinite Ray, that theory that we talked about, we won't explain that whole thing again, but the whole Infinite mm-hmm. Ray theory from episode one, as we predicted that our prediction would be, it was complete and utter bullshit. Oh, yeah. Did not line up in the slightest. <laughs> that one That one was a big... It, it, was a, it was a very heartfelt swing of the bat, yeah. but it was a complete miss. The pitcher yeah. hadn't even thrown the ball yet. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that was just... Uh, three strikes and one pitch right there is what that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew with that prediction, like, if it were true, people would say that I, like, I found some spoilers or something online. But that that was just a complete swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. That's all right. It would have been cool to find Infinite Ray, but at the same time, it's okay. You know? <laughs> I'll it's get okay. over it. I'm we not going to go on Reddit and make a bunch of fucking Yeah, we're not going to go on Reddit and say, they should have used our infinite ray theory. I put it in the podcast the day after the movie came out, so why didn't they Why didn't they use it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the hell? What the hell, man? Oh, man. Okay, um, let's talk about Ray's lightsaber. Very big part of the movie. First gray Jedi. First gray Jedi that we have as... A gray Jedi in the actual movie. We know that Qui Gon Jinn was a bit of gray Jedi himself, but Kinda. he never fully Kinda. transitioned. You know what I mean? Yeah. He never went to the full gray Jedi state where he disassociated himself from the Jedi Temple or anything like that. Um, we had Ahsoka do it in Clone Wars, but and of course in Rebels, but we never had it in a full on film. And I'm right. very happy that we were able to see that because gray Jedi. Before the Clone Wars came out, Grey Jedi were a big, 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 big piece of Legends books. Yeah. Huge, huge piece. Instrumental. Yeah, even before Ahsoka became a Grey Jedi, it was still a piece of, like, Legends and even canon uh, canon art and canon books and, uh, you know, comics and stuff like that. So I, I was really happy that we got that finally in a feature film. Because that is just a huge, huge push towards actual balance in the Force. Yeah. Because the whole thing about, you know, the light side is there and the darkness rises to meet it, or the dark side is there and the light side rises to meet it, huge thing. We had the the Age of the Sith, and then the Mm -hmm. Jedi rose up, took over the Sith. Then we had the Age of the Jedi, and then, of course, you know, Sidious and Vader came up and took out the Jedi. And then we had the light come back up with uh, with uh, Luke and took out the dark side. And then we had the, the New Republic. 
and mm-hmm. so it was all light. And then we had the dark side rise up, and we had Kylo Ren and Snoke come Ren. to meet it. Yeah, and so all throughout, you know, my big thing about this is it slowly tapers and evens out throughout all of. Yeah, I you, even you could consider back in Legends times. So we had these massive empires of the Jedi. Then we'd have massive Sith empires, and they would always either one would be con- in control, or they would be fighting, or the other would be in control. And so it went slowly; it just tapered out from these larger conflicts of, no, not as much larger conflicts, but of um, smaller forces of light and dark, especially with uh, Sidious and Vader, and of course Vader's you know Inquisitors and whatnot. That being a fairly small force of darkness yeah and then luke rising up to meet it even if you consider uh leia to kind of at the same time not really and then when we when we get to the end it's it's literally just ray and sidious yeah and that's it we get to the end it's ray versus sidious ray takes him out and so we have a little bit of the light side win but then she turns her way to the gray jedi so we get dark light dark light dark light getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller down to like one on one and then we have mm-hmm. light win but then she's she's dark side blood but she's light side heart and she evens out gray jedi i thought it was a good way to end the saga i thought so too um man what i what i really liked is how uh, when sidious started the ritual to like when he was trying to kind of trick ray into making mm-hmm. her the new empress of the final order. Yeah. Um, I like how there were all, every single Sith since the establishment of Rule of Two was mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Just kind of chilling. Yeah. That <laughs> was so cool. <laughs> while I wish that they had shown some faces, you know, like mm-hmm. the classics, like Darth Bane himself, or maybe they could have shown like Plagueis, Darth Maul sitting even. out there, or Plagueis, or. Savage Opress or Savage, mm. however they pronounced it. Dooku. Uh, Dooku, yeah. I wish we could have seen some of those faces like out in the crowd, but still, seeing all of those like hooded figures and they were all chanting in like ancient Sith speak. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that part is what gave me chills, man. I loved. <laughs> now I I thought every, everyone would have thought this is like oh it's just they're just trying to put comedy in there they're trying to have C three PO as the you know comedy foil to the group. Sure. But I, I thought it was actually really clever when they had the part of C-3PO being able to read and understand the Sith, ancient Sith speak on the dagger, mm-hmm. but he couldn't translate it. Why? Because it was against his programming. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, it was just the most logical way that he could put it. He's like, well, I know what it says, but I just can't tell you. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And Here's I, something I, I always wondered, right? So... Anakin Skywalker built C-3PO mm-hmm. in his bedroom so that once he left to become a Jedi, C-3PO would be able to help his mom out around the house, right? Yeah. That's the original story. Mm-hmm. Where did Anakin get access to a data bank of over 20 million forms of spoken and written communication? That's true. In his room on Tatooine. That's a good question. When, when did he have the time to add that to 3PO? He was like, 
I should probably, you know, make a machine so uh, mom doesn't have to do all of the work around the house once I'm gone. Yeah, and do dishes. Like, and I think food. I'll make it be able to speak every single language that's ever been spoken as well. See, I got two things about that. On one point, part of, like one side of me thinks, okay, first of all, there's no way that he'd be able to make that happen. Already they're on Tatooine, which is on right. the outskirts of the Outer Rim. It's... It's the ghetto, you know. Oh, the ghetto. <laughs> it's way out there. And second it's of the all, they're planes. in a small town, uh, or right. Mos Eisley, which isn't necessarily... No, they, like, they weren't even in Mos Eisley. Uh, no, they were in like they were the in suburbs. Mos Espa. Yeah, a suburb of Mos Eisley. So they weren't even in the big city either. And he was a child and a slave. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm trying to think, like, how did he get access to this? But then another part of me thinks, well, this is Star Wars. That I'm sure, you know, information that we have on planet Earth, I'm sure you could download uh, every translation of every word of every language spoken on Earth within, it would be a couple hours to download, right? Yeah. Just a straight so. translation. Just a couple hours, get it all in one, one file. And so in the Star Wars universe, surely, especially when he was uh, working for, oh man, what's the, the flying little... Watto. Watto, when he's working for, when he's uh, not working, he's a slave to Watto. Yeah. They got yeah. all those ship parts and everything. So surely part oh, of me thinks all right, one of those ships had to have all that information. Yeah, he could, just, he could just search uh, wrecked ship databases. Yeah. Surely Man, there was probably something. what he did with a lot of his free time. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> How else would he know about literally anything outside of Watto's junk shop? <laughs> exactly. Uh, that. It, like that's that's the part of me that is leaning towards. I, I I think they have way more access to a lot more information than we give them credit for. Yeah, I surely there was something about oh um Easter egg time. All right, so when they were in the uh, in Rise of Skywalker, when they were in the droid, uh, I guess you could call it like a chop shop kind of oh, thing yeah. for droids. Yeah. Um, in the background when they're working on or when the when the little guy is working on C three PO, I forget the little guy's name, but uh, oh, what's the little guy's name? The little guy that spoke broken broken English. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't remember his name either, but he was funny. Yeah, I, I liked him. But in the background, there is actually a uh, an original Trade Federation uh, droid, and I'm not was talking there? about like yeah, there is not a uh, like not uh, not a battle droid. It it is a battle droid, but I'm talking a battle droid from like the original original battle droids from like the Battle of Naboo kind of battle droid one of those oh, models oh i see yeah it was it was weird i saw it and i was like surely it wasn't a battle droid from the battle of naboo and i looked it up when i got home and yeah sure enough it was that was pretty cool to me yeah yeah that that was just a, a sick little easter egg there was a oh there was also from phantom menace you know one of the giant trade federation ships blockade ships yeah one of those showed up to help the rebellion Really? Yeah, it, it's way off in the background, but it would be because it's, you know, fucking massive. <laughs> yeah, the big Lucre Hulk class. Yeah, one of those showed up to help out, as well as um, a Venator-class uh, starship, Star Destroyer, from the Clone Wars. An original clone um, Venator-class Star Destroyer. Cruiser. Sorry, it's a cruiser, since it's Clone Wars. But yeah, one it's, of those showed up to help, It's still kind of too. a Star Destroyer. It, that's got me thinking, they brought some probably shifty people to help fight against the the um the last oh no definitely 
Cause Definitely. If you have a Trade Federation blockade ship, all right, how'd you get your hands on that? Those things were like all destroyed probably after the Clone Wars. Those, even though those were, were decommissioned and scrapped for parts. Yeah, how'd you get your yeah. hands on one of those? And how in the hell did you get your hand? Did someone get their hands on a Venator class cruiser? That doesn't make much sense to me, but it makes sense if it's someone you know particularly shady, especially if you think about Poe's past as a spice runner. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. And of course, you know, Lando's past <laughs> as a, as a gambler, raconteur, mining operation owner. <laughs> yeah, gambler slash uh, love maker slash uh, yeah. gas miner slash father of many children across the galaxy. Oh, yes. Which they kind of hinted at that 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 um, girl was yeah, uh, that the Lando's girl was... daughter, mm-hmm. and at that point I was like Lando probably like ten of the women who were fighting in that campaign were your daughter, and you just didn't know it. <laughs> he was like, "Hey, you look kind of familiar." <laughs> yeah, everyone who talks smooth like he does, probably his kid. Probably not his gonna kid. lie. <laughs> oh man, it, it it was good to have those those Easter eggs in there, you know. Uh, it, it was really sure. good. Uh, I think that's all the Easter eggs I can kind of remember right now. Uh, there was the ghost from Rebels. That oh, ship. yeah. That yeah, right I, I did the read up on that. Mm-hmm. Flies right next to it. It's the ghost. And it's the same class ship. It's the same model. And it's got the same markings on it, too. Yep. Which makes me think, okay, did... Uh, did they actually, you know, help fight? Well, they would be a little bit older now. Harrison Dula, uh, the captain of the ship and one of the generals of the original uh, Rebel Alliance, mm-hmm. uh, we know that she survived um, the war, the Galactic Civil War with the Empire. I did not um, know that. She did, yeah. That's so crazy. That's, it's assumed that that's just her in the ship. It makes sense. Yeah. I don't think... Oh, and something that, uh, on that same note, kind of sad, since Ahsoka's voice is one of the voices heard in the, you know, flashback. Right. Kind of makes you assume, all right, she's dead. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah. I mean... But it would make sense. If, if you think about it, right, um, she was in a 1v1 with big man Darth Vader himself. Yeah. And, uh... I honestly don't see that going any other way than her dying. She did land a blow on him, let's be honest. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, she cracked the helmet, and then he was like, that's the last time you're going to touch me today. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're definitely going to (laughs) die. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I I, I agree with that. Sadly, I, I wish she would have been just... And a huge character in the in the in this like you know last three episodes of the saga, but at the same time, eh, she's she was about to die. <laughs> yeah, she she wasn't making it. Yeah, oh. she was not gonna make it out of that situation, sadly. But she was a she was a cool character while it lasted for sure. I I really liked her. I know you didn't like her that much, but I I thought she was pretty pretty badass, especially because she was trained by Anakin, which means you know she's gonna be unpredictable at least. That's true. Yeah, she she does bring a lot to the table uh, mm. in terms of adaptability and versatility. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, let's move on. All right, so I've heard from uh, interviews with like um, Disney executives, stuff like that, 
mm-hmm. just weird articles and whatnot. The next saga that we're going to get is hopefully going to be pre Phantom Menace. I hope. Really? Yeah. So, you see, I've always wanted to see. Um, maybe this is just me fanboying because I was playing Star Wars: The Old Republic earlier today. But I have <laughs> always been so desperate to see um, them do some sort of canonized adaptation of the Old Republic, and I'm not talking like the Old Republic, like what they were up to right before the Phantom Menace. I'm talking like hundreds, if not thousands, of years before the Battle of Yavin. Oh yeah, when like there were still like. A thousand Sith and a thousand Jedi, and they were constantly butting heads and waging war over entire planets and that kind yeah. of thing. The the original old Republic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that would be I think that would be pretty cool. And I, I think I told you maybe it was last podcast, maybe it was when we were playing Modern Warfare. I can't remember, but I would absolutely love to see uh, Revan played by oh, Keanu yeah. Reeves. <laughs> Dude, Keanu Reeves would be a perfect Revan. Not only does do they look almost, you know, exactly alike. Exactly the same. <laughs> he's <laughs> the appropriate age. He's a great fighter. Revan and Keanu Reeves, both of right. you know. Keanu Reeves is like all the perfect training already to be his own stunt double in the entire movie. And I, I think that that would really... It might be, you know, kind of, you know, confusing for people who had only known, you know... Keanu Reeves is... Uh, John no, Rick. not that. I think... I think it would be confusing for people who only know Phantom Menace to Rise of Skywalker. They didn't really delve into like any of the Legends yeah. continuity. But I think it could be a good start to a new Then saga. again, uh, those same people, and even people that don't enjoy Star Wars, are still watching The Mandalorian. That's true. Yeah, That's true. Mandalorian is still the most viewed show on Disney Plus right now. Yep. Even though there's only eight episodes out. New episode of The Mandalorian coming out on Friday. Supposed to be a big finish to the season. To season one, yep. Mm -hmm. You're not caught up, are you? No, I'm not caught up. Ah, man. Okay, well, hopefully you get caught up by uh, next time. uh, I'll I'll make sure that I'm caught up uh, so that next time we can talk about uh, season one in its entirety. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if that'll be next podcast, but uh, hopefully we'll do one Friday? Another podcast? Maybe. Or we Hopefully might do so. one day after Christmas, just for the just for the heck of it, get the word sure. out there. But yeah, the next saga I think is going to be pretty good. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy who's directing it. I had it pulled up. Oh, man, I closed it. But um, the guy who's directing the next one, he is a huge Star Wars fanboy. Like oh, yeah. he's, <laughs> I don't think it's Ryan Johnson. No, he was the guy that did the Last Jedi. Yeah, it's it's not him, and it's not J.J. Abrams. It's it's some other guy, but the new guy is a huge fanboy, and he did a he did a couple of Marvel movies. I think he did some of the smaller ones like Ragnarok. Maybe I don't know. I'm probably completely wrong about that, but yeah, he's supposed to be the director for the next saga, or at least the first couple of movies in the next saga. We'll see. But huge Star Wars fanboy, and if you have a fanboy, write the movies. Chances are, it's probably gonna be pretty damn good. That that's just what it comes down to. Thank goodness. But yeah, I, I'm excited for that. I'm very excited. Um, let's. See. I gotta say, I'm not sure I would want to see a movie at this point that takes place after uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. 
I think the only direction direction I would really want them to go from here on out is backwards. I think so. That's a weird way to put it, of course, because you know, you know, sequels, you know, they come after, right? Right. Sure. But I want to see before. I want to see the setup because you know, the at Phantom Menace through Rise of Skywalker, that is like the Star Wars bread and butter right there. That's that's everything. Right. You know, that's, even if you only watch got. the movies, that's it's just the main story right there. So mm-hmm. I want to see everything that sets up the main story. I want to see everything that goes into the main story. I want to see how the Skywalkers get started, you know, all that good stuff. I want to see how... I, I would even... I would love to see a movie of uh, Palpatine's original, you know, backstory of when he was, oh, like, yeah, training yeah, yeah. as a Sith with Darth Plagueis, right? That'd be great. I think that'd be pretty neat. Of course, you know, it's hard to make a movie about that because you know that he's the bad guy already. Yeah. And you know that he's obviously going to last. You know that he has to kill Darth Plagueis. Yeah, he's he's going to kill Darth Plagueis. Or so we believe. Okay. So but, I was just yeah. doing a little research here on uh, Google search, like you do, mm-hmm. um, on uh, the trying to find the director for the next chunk of Star Wars movies. Yeah. And I learned something that I was not intending to learn. Hmm. Um, George Lucas's daughter, her name mm-hmm. is Amanda Lucas... She's 38 years old, and she is a title-holding professional mixed martial artist. Really? Let that sink in. George Hmm. Lucas, the big man himself, his daughter, is a professional title-holding mixed martial artist. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Oh, hey, that reminds me of another Easter egg and another beautiful piece that I love about Star Wars itself. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, of course, has had, if you're just going off, you know, episodes one through nine, same conductor for all of the score, Mr. John Williams himself. Right. The man, the myth, the legend. It's the not man, Star the Wars myth- without him. Oh, yeah. he's He basically made the movies just off of the soundtrack, because the soundtrack is one of the most iconic parts of Star Wars. You yeah, hear, Star Wars you know, just didn't have John Williams at the helm of the score. I mean, like... He also did the score for Indiana Jones, if you didn't know. So that should tell oh, yeah. you something right there. True. Very true. But uh, you hear the Imperial March. You know, everyone knows the Imperial March. Everyone <laughs> knows the Imperial March. Whether you've seen every single episode of Clone Wars or if you've only seen the most recent three movies, everyone knows the Imperial March. But yeah. uh, John Williams actually had a cameo in Rise of Skywalker. Did you know that? Did he now? I yeah. did not know that. Mm-hmm. When they went into the uh, cantina, that little cantina, they, I can't remember, honestly, for the sake of me, I can't remember what cantina they went into or why, but they went into a cantina, right? right. Someone did in the story. Like I, they do I, in Star Wars. I don't even remember who went into the cantina, to be honest with you. But uh, what I do remember is the man behind the bar who gives them like a quaint little glare. I think he saw the droids. I think it was supposed to be a nod at like the original bartender in Moss Eisley. You remember? Yeah. Yeah, we don't serve their type, you know? Yeah. Talking about the droids. But the bartender back there, that is Mr. John Williams. That was John Williams. Yeah. Give it a glance. See, Google it up. It's it's pretty cool. I, I got to look that up right now. I thought his face looked familiar. I was like, he's, he looks like sort of a major actor, you know? Yeah. Or something like that. I would not have guessed um, that that was that John was, Williams. That was That was him. The man who composed the entire score of the Star Wars saga. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, that's him. (laughs) That's pretty neat, Um, isn't it? 
Yeah, uh, no I, doubt. That's crazy. The amount of Easter eggs that they put into this film. Oh. If they just oh. had no story behind it and it was all Easter eggs, I, I honestly would have been completely satisfied. <laughs> Dude, favorite <laughs> guest oh. actor. Like, probably I wouldn't have been as happy leaving the movie if he weren't in it. Was, um, I can't remember his name, but he plays uh, Mary and Lord of the Rings, and he plays the bassist in season one of Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about, yeah. Lord of the Rings. I don't know what the actor's name is, but I know who you're talking about. In uh, The Wife, uh, you know, Mrs. S, she actually got really excited when she saw him, because Mrs. S is uh, a huge uh, Lord of the Rings fan. Dominic Monaghan. Sure. Sounds yeah. right enough to me. <laughs> That's oh, it. I, yeah, I, I love him. I... He was really good in Lord of the Rings, but honestly, his uh, favorite thing that I ever saw him did was uh, Lost. I thought, first of all, he was, I was, a he was huge Charlie. Fan of that TV show, yeah, Charlie and Lost. Yeah, he had the like taped up fingers and everything. He was a uh-huh. heroin addict, right? Yeah, he Coke? was. A, he was a heroin addict, and he had a stash in his uh, carry on mm-hmm. from the plane, and so he had to he had to go back to the plane and search through all the overhead bins, and he found his heroin stash. Oh yeah. Now, I remember in in that show uh, too. There was a a drug running plane that crashed on the island, literally yeah. filled with heroin, <laughs> and it was like Charlie's dream come dream come true. But yeah, oh, I loved I loved seeing him in the movie. He was he was great. Oh, and uh, so if you remember a new hope, <clears throat> oh frog in the throat. If you remember a new hope, at the very end of a new hope during the medal ceremony and the you know like the we won. Oh we won, yeah. Chewie doesn't get a medal. Chewie does not get a medal. Where's Chewie's medal? Turns out he gets his medal. Episode yeah. 9. They give him a medal. 42 years later. 42 years. No medal. Congratulations. Here's your medal. Oh, yeah. Way to go, Chewie. Bam. Very nice. You're reminding me of all these Easter eggs. Uh, that was another Easter egg. Is uh, 42 years ago, A New Hope came out. And then mm-hmm. 42 years later, in 2019, Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker comes out. Right. And uh, when they go to the desert planet where Ochi's ship is crashed, they have that festival. It's like right. Burning Man. But oh, yeah. Only Star happens Wars. once every 42 years. Yeah. And someone makes a comment about it. They're like, wow, 42 years. That's a long time. And it's a comment towards how long it took him to finish the story. Yeah. I, th- I, thought, that was, I thought that was hilarious. I didn't catch it. It like it took my brain a couple seconds. And then I was like, ha, got him. <laughs> Got him. I <laughs> got him. It was really funny to me. I, I love that. I love that, man. Spencer, right, that... do you have Whataburger in North Carolina? No. That's no, we do uh, not. That's the nearest uh, that's one. Just, I, I don't think... know why that just popped into my head. Maybe it's just because I'm I know. Uh, I saw one driving up, though, in Georgia, I believe. Road trip time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's actually, from what I've heard, I heard from someone couple months ago that there was one in virginia maybe i don't know i'll have to look it up but yeah you know, i have not had Waterburger in quite a while however there is something very dangerously close to me and that is a drive through only chick-fil-a like Ooh. 10 minutes away from where i live and so i can hop in my car drive like it's not even 10 minutes it's like five minutes drive five minutes down these roads where there's never any traffic on these roads and then hop right in the line of a drive-through Chick-fil-A, and it's a drive-through Chick-fil-A. Dangerous. 
I know. It's got a drive-through side where the driver's side door is the one that orders and takes the food. And then it's got another side where the passenger can order and get the food. So if you got what? two people in the car, you can take the shorter line. Or if you just got the one, you can go through the main line. It's crazy, man. But yeah, they're they're really good, really fast. I but of course I just I love Chick fil A too of at course. the same time. No. Like it's about maybe once or twice a month you just get that very specific craving. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else that'll fix it. No. You gotta get some Chick fil A in you. I don't know what it is. Waffle fries are like god tier fries, in my opinion. Oh yeah, no. I've always There's... been a bigger fan of crinkle cut though, if I'm speaking my truth. Really? Yeah, crinkle cut has always been my bread and butter. I've never thought crinkle cut fries were all that good. Mostly because the only times I would ever have crinkle cut fries were when, you know, they came in the giant frozen bag and they were just cooked in the oven. And then they they always came, because my parents never fried them for me when I was young. So they always mm-hmm. came out, you know, soft and chewy and bland yeah. and all that. Yeah. I'm never a big fan of crinkle cut fries, but... All right, so since we're talking about fries, here's my fry list. Ready? You got waffle cut, god tier. Next down, you have steak fries, like Red Robin steak fries. I got you. Right underneath that, and sometimes they switch. Second and third place, they'll switch back and forth, is the Red Robin, or I'm sorry, not Red Robin, the Jack in the Box curly fries. That is, it's sometimes second place, sometimes third place, but that's, that's my next favorite. And then right under that, it's going to be uh, Whataburger fries, and then after that, after Whataburger fries, it's got to be McDonald's fries. Because I don't know what they put in McDonald's fries, but those things always smack. Maybe it's just a shit ton of salt. <laughs> yeah, they, no, they do oversalt the fries, and that is probably what makes them so good. That it, let, it's let, let me give you my top five while we're here. While we're All right, here. hit it. All right, number one, crinkle cut. Any kind, don't care, give them to me. They're good. Number just two, put them on a you plate. know Fry Height Burgers? Yes. It's this little joint we got in Central Texas where I live. Uh, it's been around for like, gosh, like a long time. We'll say like 50 years, probably more. Um, anyways, they have curly fries there. Oh, to die for. I'm telling you what, right now. <laughs> You're ever uh, in Central Texas, you pass by a place called Fry Height Burgers, and it's also like a bar. Stop in, get some curly fries. Amazing. Oh, yeah. So curly uh, num- fries at Fry Height's got to be your second. Yep. All right. I can uh, take that. N- number three, believe it or not, Burger King. Really? I've gone to Burger King before just to get fries because they're, they're really good. thick and they kind of overcook them. And I love it because they're nice and oh, crunchy. You get yeah. that. I love it when you get that one really overcooked fry and it's yep. just super crispy and uh, you just, you just crunch exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, four, Chick fil A waffle fries. Mm. Pretty mm. stellar. Hard to top. Um, and then number five, uh, sweet potato, sweet actually. potato fries. Really? Um, there's a, oh, what's the joint that does them? Uh, close, close to also in central Texas, there's a little place called TJ's little burger joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer knows what I'm talking about. They do oh, sweet yeah. potato fries. Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, while we're on that, let's talk about holiday food. All right. Cause I'm a huge fan of. Of anything that has to do with food. Because <laughs> I was a cook for like six years before joining the Marine Corps. So I love yeah. food. I, everything that has to do with food. And I've worked in a bunch of like just 
good ass food places. You know where I work. You know, I worked yeah. at a pizza joint. Best pizza oh. in the world. Best oh. sides in the world. Best everything in the world. That if you got it place. there, it was the best. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there, there were some other problems with like the landlord and but hey, they, they, hey, long, long story hey, short yeah. it's not open anymore but yeah. best stuff in the world now one of the Christmas parties or, or around the holiday time we had a Christmas party there and uh, it was basically just you know the like it, it was a small place with like the 12 people that worked there there was only like 12 of us sure. but uh, we had this Christmas party and one of the chefs uh Fucking phenomenal chef. Uh, this guy is like top tier. He's god tier. I don't know why. I don't know why he's so good. I think he made a deal with the devil or something for I remember that abilities. Fella. Oh yeah, yeah. He he went from weighing like two hundred and fifty pounds to weighing like one hundred and fifty, and he's now doing professional bodybuilding. But he made at this Christmas party prime rib, and it was like the juiciest prime rib I had ever had. And here's what made it so juicy. Because when they first started cooking it, they didn't put it, they didn't sear it in like a pan or, mm-hmm. you know, like a skillet or just a like a hot oven because a lot of ovens don't get hot enough to give the best sear around the edges of a prime rib. So what sure. he did is it was a pizza joint. He got the pizza oven flaming hot, threw the prime rib in, in the pizza oven. It fell down on that granite stone at the bottom. It seared in. All of this juiciness formed a perfect layer of char on the outside. Finished it in the oven. Came out. Juiciest prime rib I'd ever had. Throw some horseradish sauce on there. Oh, so good, man. So good. That. So ever since that time, my favorite holiday food has got to be just a really fancy, well-done steak. That's my go-to Christmas food. And I actually got steaks today at the store. And they're sitting in the fridge right now. And after this podcast, I'm probably going to go put them in a marinade for tomorrow for uh, for Christmas dinner for me and the wife. Steak all the way for Christmas. And uh, I got to be honest with you. Christmas time is a special time. Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. normal mashed potatoes. My mother-in-law's mashed potatoes, they're the bomb. You got, They're like garlic and cheesy and you know smooth and creamy and everything. It's perfect. But when it comes to Christmas time, I'm not going with normal mashed potatoes, okay? I'm going to hit up... The sweet potato mashed potatoes. Oh, Best yeah. stuff in the world. No, sweet potato casserole mm. is a godsend. No, I'm not talking about sweet potato casserole. I'm talking about sweet potato mashed potatoes. Where yeah. instead of being like, you know, you know, sweet potato casserole, it's got like the marshmallows on top and stuff. No, I'm oh, talking, well, I mean, it's got like, it's got seasonings in there. You got thyme in there. You got like. No, that's, that's how we do it. Mm. That's how we do it. Oh, hell yeah, man. So you got the sweet but you also got like the zest from the different spices that you throw in there. Absolutely, hell of fantastic. a lot of salt. I I don't know what it, dude. Sweet potatoes are like the stupidest, easiest thing to cook. Like, you throw oh, yeah. them in the oven, you peel off the skin, bam, you're done. Mash them up if you want them mashed up. Slice them up if you want them sliced. Either way, god tier. So absolutely. Good. Oh. But yeah, that's that's my holiday food. What's what's your favorite pie to have around Thanksgiving? Pie. All right, all right. So, my mom makes this pie um, twice a year. She makes it on my birthday and mm-hmm. for Christmas. Very nice. And it's um, it's an Oreo crust that she does herself. I don't know oh. how she does it, but it's really thick. But it's I still think holds, I know this pie that you're perfect. talking about. And then it's a layer of uh, 
cream cheese. And you're thinking like cream cheese, how do you, how do you get that in a pie and make that work? Trust mm-hmm. me, it's fantastic. It works. Uh, and then it's chocolate pudding, right? Hopefully uh-huh. I haven't lost you yet. And then a real thick layer of Cool Whip over the top. And you just refrigerate it for like a whole day. And then it all sticks together. And it's oh, like, oh. I've oh. had this pie. I, I've had your mom's pie before. That's It's a good pie. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. It's, that's a god tier pie for sure. My uh, my mom actually makes something similar. And it is absolutely phenomenal. It's like it's like diabetes in one pie. It's so good. <laughs> What it is, is it's an Oreo crust. How do you make the Oreo crust? You take a whole pack of Oreos, throw it in the food processor, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Just enough to leave some good chunks in there. Yeah, leave some good chunks, and then you put it in the pie pan where it's, you get it when it comes out nice and hot from the food processor, because, you know, that's a lot of friction going around. So it comes out like steamy warm. You form it into the sides of the food process, or into the sides of the pan, let it form there. You throw it in the freezer, let it cool down. Then you take out your stand mixer and you put in it's uh it's like chocolate, it's a uh, a little bit of cream cheese. It's kind of like your mom's stuff. It's chocolate, cream cheese, um, and then a lot of peanut butter too, like two jars of peanut butter. And you mix it all up in the food processor and it whips it so it forms you know air bubbles in it so it gets yeah. all nice and poofy, nice and light. Yeah, and then you just spoon it into the pie. You throw that throw that bad boy in the fridge for like a day oh and it comes out and it comes out all like dense but like soft at the same time it's hard to describe but that stuff i know what you're talking about brother it's i I think you've had some of it before (laughs) i think you've had my mom's uh uh peanut butter oreo pie but yeah it is it's diabetes every every time my uncle comes over to for christmas and has some he has to take an extra shot of insulin it's that good (laughs) it's just that good it's just that good. Now, if we're talking, that's my Christmas pie. That's my go-to Christmas pie. But if we're going to Thanksgiving, I'm going to have to have a classic pecan pie. There's just something about it perfect. You use, like, Texas pecans, make a pecan pie. It's so good. Now, that's that's good enough. That's my perfect Thanksgiving pie. But next pie down, you got to have these pies in conjunction, all right? Pumpkin pie all the way. And I'm not talking about homemade pumpkin pie. I'm talking about the type of pumpkin pie where you go to the store. It's already pre-made. It's in the little plastic container. Perfect. I don't know what it is about pumpkin pie, man. You get it from the store, it's just ten times better each time. That's how I feel about... um... Shoot. I almost... Uh, Never mind. I was was (laughs) going to say something uh, that I... Oh, got it. Um, so there's these things that, uh, I've had at like restaurants before called mm-hmm. pot stickers and they're normally served with sushi, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Pot uh, stickers. Yeah. And they're like just that, uh, thin layer of, um, just kind of like that dough. classic dough. Yeah, yeah. That you find in a lot of oriental dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just got like pork, a little cabbage, like maybe diced carrots or something like that, and then they're deep fried. Not yep. anything real special, but no, H E B serves them in like this ten pack that are, it's just sitting right next to the cold sushi. I've had this, and you just pop the box open, and you could just eat the eat them whole, and it's like, I'm good, good. Oh yeah, don't See, need anything else. About, the good thing about us growing up in the same area is I know exactly what you're talking about. I've had those pot stickers before, 
And oh, yeah. I got to tell you, they are phenomenal. Oh, yes. You don't even need the chopsticks. You, you're driving home, you know, pull the plastic back, throw one in your mouth. So good. They fill you up. They taste good. Honestly, Tastes I just great, wish they filling. came in like a 50-pack. <laughs> yeah. No, I could I've, easily I've caught myself pack. buying buying two boxes before. Mm-hmm. Um, there is actually somewhere I want to talk to you about here in North Carolina, and it is called Food Lion. Have you ever heard of Food Lion before? I have never heard of that. It's kind of like H-E-B, but a very cheap H-E-B. Okay. So not as high quality, of course, and and a little bit smaller, too, because it's it's the East Coast. But uh, you go in there, and they got their, you know, they got the name brand stuff, and then they got the Food Lion brand stuff. Now, I went in there because me and Miss S, we're just dying for some chicken tenders. Now, I got the wrong kind of chicken tenders. I got this one. It was like waffle breaded chicken tenders. You monster. <laughs> I know. I accidentally got... I thought they were the normal ones. It said waffle breading. I noticed that when I got home, and I was like, oh, no. But it was like sweet on the outside. It, it was really weird. But I also picked up a... And that was just like Tyson chicken, you know, chicken tenders, you know, run-of-the-mill stuff. It was like four sure. bucks mm-hmm. for probably 30 tenders. I ate all of them. <laughs> but... um. That's I also got a pack of 50 chicken nuggets at Food Lion. You ready for the price? 96 cents. 96 cents. 96 cents for 50 chicken nuggets. Threw them on the threw them on a baking sheet, threw them in the oven. I ate we didn't even finish the bag. It took like 2 days to get through it. But they were obviously, you know, not the highest quality chicken nuggets out there, but 94 cents or 96 cents. For that many chicken nuggets, it was absolutely insane to me. It's enough to make a grown man cry. It is. It really is. It's crazy. Oh man! But uh, Food Lion is an interesting place. A little bit, a little bit ghetto, but you know, that's coming yeah. from a boy who grew up in you know white suburbia. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. As most things are, but yeah, it, it's it's a little bit ghetto, but I like it. it it's not bad. Uh, there's a okay. So I live off base. I don't live on base, you know, that's that's how you waste money. I, you know, get to keep a little bit of my uh, government housing money when I'm living off base. We uh, went to AMC theaters to see Rise of Skywalker. This is the first time I've been in a movie theater in... Since we shit. went to see a movie, probably. Probably. It's probably been almost nine months. But, well, no, um, no, I remember uh, I came and visited you in Missouri, and we oh, saw yeah. uh, Good Boys. That was probably the last time I had seen a movie in a movie yeah. theater. Yeah. So we went to the movie theater. All right. This AMC movies. It was like, oh, yeah, movie theater. I'm so excited. It was really good. Good film. Good movie theater. The seats, like, you know, leaned back. They did that that number. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's always nice. Um, but uh, they had commercials, you know, the local commercials on before the movie started. And all the commercials were, you could tell that this was outside like right outside of a military base because the commercials were haircuts and tattoos that was like it (laughs) the two things that every single marine has on this base is every like at least every week you got to get a haircut and almost like probably like 60 percent of marines have tattoos and i of course fall into that category as well but it i don't know it, it was just funny to me tattoos and haircuts it was pretty cool that's all you need that's all Tattoos, you need. Tattoos, haircuts, live ammo. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Uh, Christmas is coming, my man. 
Christmas is coming. Is oh, it Christmas it's Christmas here, here now. Merry yeah. Christmas, my man. Thank Merry you, Christmas. sir. Thank you. Oh, Merry Texas Christmas. Um, if you uh, didn't know out there, if you want to watch it when you listen to this podcast, after you l- listen to the whole podcast, of course, uh, there is uh, the Nizzle Before Christmasle, I think. It was this thing that uh, Snoop Dogg did with Pepsi Max a couple years back. It's basically Snoop Dogg reading uh, The Night Before Christmas. It's really funny, and it's uh, Christmas in the Hood. I, I suggest going to check it out. Definitely for sure. Definitely? Definitely for sure. All right. On that note, there is a book. It's an audio book. It's called The Bi Bizzle, <laughs> and it's the Bible, and you can guess what kind of twist it has on it. If you haven't listened to that... After you finish this podcast, of course, go listen to that. That is very funny. It will make you laugh. Might even make your day. You'll want to show your mom. Not really. You might even learn something. You might even learn a thing or two. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's probably where we should end the podcast for tonight, don't you think? Yeah, Yeah, I think that's where we ought to call it. That's a good stopping place. We will try to get back to you, uh, what do you think, Friday? Yeah. Day after Christmas? Yeah, we'll shoot for a day after Christmas. We'll record another podcast, talk about Christmas, talk about the upcoming New Year, things we expect from the next year. All that and more next episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, everyone who does listen. Uh, of course, me and Matt, we're just this is just a startup podcast. We're going to do our best to get podcasts out as quickly as we can, as many as we can, you know. Just give you as much content as we can. Matt, are you enjoying the podcast? So far, it's been an absolute delight. I think so, too. It's always fun. Hopefully we made your day brighter. Go about, do good things, have a good day. And Matt, from say all goodbye two to of us, from all, from all two, two of us, of us here, here at Clankers, Clankers podcast. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone, and a happy new year. We will see you next time. Matt, tell the tell the people goodbye. 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 Thank you for listening to Clankers. Tune in next time.